Welcome to the Forge America Missional Podcast. My name is Terry Ishii, and today on The Story, we are joined uh, by a really old friend, a uh, friend who's been kind of since Forge Austin and Forge Online has been around, Libby Wasserbeck. Uh, it is so good to, to have you on the podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me today. So we've known each other how long now? Probably about six or seven years. Yeah, I think so. Uh, you were, you were, I think you were in cohort two or three of our Forge Austin. Uh, and then you had to move from Austin to Colorado, right in the middle of it. And right. I just, I wasn't ready to let you go. And so <laughs> I was like, we can figure out how to do it online. And then before we even had an online hub, you are our very first online resident. So uh, yeah. yeah, so we've, we've been friends for quite a while and you know, you've had a great little story and journey in the Colorado area. And so I thought you'd be perfect uh, for this podcast just to share your story. And so, but just tell us first, tell us a little bit about yourself. Who, who is Libby? Um, well, I always like to start with that I'm a never married middle-aged single because that's so rare in the church, <laughs> and at least in the evangelical world. Um, but I love living and playing in the mountains. So that's one reason I live, moved to Colorado about 16 years ago. Um, <clears throat> other things I like to do, I mean, I, most of my time up here, if I do something outdoors, it's hiking. Um, I enjoy snowshoeing in the winters. Um, but I'm a musician. I've been involved in music my entire life. Love books. I'll read books on anything I'm interested in and a big fan of the arts. Like I love theater. I love art, art shows, things like that. So yeah, that's a little about me. I'm currently in a mid career change like transition from uh, 10 years in the field of technology and moving into the field of education. So specifically special education. So I'm about to finish up my student teaching and my degree for that and move into probably, I, I think probably elementary age, though I, I could do any of the grade levels and be happy. That's probably my favorite. That's awesome. Well, my wife's a teacher. I love teachers. And so I think it, I already, I already loved you before, but my heart, my love for you has grown more just for being a teacher. So that's so awesome. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Uh, very cool. Well, uh, you've, you've gone through the Forge training. And so tell us a little bit about how Forge has impacted your life or in this, in some circles we say, how has Forge messed you up? Yeah. Um, so I'm, I came to Forge, as you know, when I was, planning to kind of go to India as a tra more traditional type missionary. Um, and that completely fell through. And I found myself stuck in Texas trying to figure out where my life was going to go. Um, and I had been, I didn't know about Forge, but I had read Alan Hirsch's books for several years. And I actually got connected to you by go emailing him at one of his email addresses in those books. And he got back to me with local contacts in the area. And then we talked and I remember I just thinking, this is what I've been looking for, a community of people who really um, seem to be, to seem to have an understanding that it's about more than just the church life. You know, like it's about being in your community, loving your community. What does that look like? I had so many things I wanted, ideas and questions, and just felt like I kept hitting a brick wall um, when I would try to bring those up in a church context. And so, the Forge residency kind of allowed me to walk through that and gave me a support network and coaching in that. Um, it messed me up in that once you start down that path, you can't go back. Yeah. It's addicting. Like when you really get out and you begin to see how God works in the community with before you even get there and then engages you in that, 
it's really life transforming. Um, and for me, I'd always grown up in a evangelical churches that taught we should be a missionary wherever we go, but there wasn't a lot of practical training about what that looked like yeah. and how you could do that. Um, and it, to me, it was always more than, you know, food banks or, you know, things like that. It was like really getting into people's lives, which can be messy um, and how to navigate that when you do. And so, um, yeah, so I, I found a support network in Forge, like people I could talk to who got it. Um, I think the other thing I was experiencing at the time was just having been in ministry for <clears throat> most of my adult life and very involved in church. I was very disillusioned with a lot that was going on in the church. Yeah. Um, felt like it was very disconnected from the culture, very self-absorbed and more concerned with, you know, programming and flashy services and stuff than really being a life transforming force in the community around it. And so Forge kind of gave me hope that there's, there's movement, God's moving people's hearts back towards that again. And, you know, there's a, there's a lot of friction right now um, with that, you know, people don't, especially as a woman, Forge also gave me a voice as a woman, you know, like I had voiced these concerns and even in churches that, you know, were more, had a more of an egalitarian bent. It just wasn't accepted. You know, like you're still, you're still rubbing against a culture that's been very male dominated. And so you feel like you have to speak extra loud as a woman <laughs> to be heard. Um, and that's not always appreciated. So it gave me a place to, to feel like a, an equal, to be felt like I feel like I'm an equal with my male um, co-laborers in Christ. So that's been, that's been so, so important for me in my formation the last few years. How would you, how would you say your daily life has been impacted? I mean, I know it's been, I think you know, like I said, five or six years since um, you've, you've walked through the residency, walked through the training. Um, how, how is your daily life, can, just kind of the, the way you see the world, the way you see coworkers and neighbors and uh, the, mm -hmm. your community, how has that changed uh, since walking through the Forge training? Um, well, one of the things in the Forge training was the, the bounded set versus centered set. Yeah. Thinking where I recognize that each person, God's drawing each person to him and they are in different stages of that. Um, and to try and discern where they are and how to encourage them in that. Um, so I, like I noticed it's just something it's almost become habit to, yeah. instead of being like that person annoys me, I don't want to deal with that person to be like, wait, 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 maybe God wants to use me in that person, you know, it, use me in their life and start praying for them, you know, and, and seeing what God brings out of that. And I've had some pretty amazing stories from that, like um, just seeing people's lives impacted when they know somebody loves and accepts them for who they are. Um, I see, I've seen God pull me out of my traditional evangelical circles, I spend far less time with Christians and far more time with people who are not, not, not considered Christians. You know, like they are definitely people who often have a spiritual life and faith, but that doesn't look like we would consider Christian. And so they're in different places, you know, and I've found it. I'm far more accepting. I'm far less likely to make an immediate judgment on someone when I meet them. Um, because we teach that, you know, you see the likeness of God in every person when you meet them. And so finding that, even if it's somebody, it really rubs me the wrong way. Yeah. 
um, when I meet them the first time, you know, and trying to see that in them um, and recognize that. And it impacts what my decisions daily, like what I decide to be involved in, what I decide to invest my time in. That's good. Uh, I know I've I've had the privilege of walking um, lots and lots of people through the residency. Um, and one of the things we always do in the residency is define a context. Tell me, you know, answer the question to whom have you been called? And uh, one of the, you've had one of the coolest and most unique context in the residency because uh, you left Austin and uh, went and uh, began working at the, uh, the the Y of the Rockies, the YMCA in the, in the Rocky Mountains. And so tell me, tell us a little bit, share a little bit about kind of your, your time there and how the, kind of the ups and downs of engaging in relationship and feeling the wins, but also the, the losses and, and speak a little bit about that. Um, so it, the Y of the Rockies is in a, in a community that's very transitional because it's a tourist town. It's a tourist County, um, relies heavily on tourism. So a lot of the workers are seasonal. They're young adults. Um, a lot of them are international. Uh, so people coming from all different countries across the world. So the winds are, um, you know, like, gosh, you're, you're getting so many cultures, you know, converging in one spot. And so it's very, it's very fun in that regards. Like you're meeting people from all over the world and all over the United States. Um, the challenge in that is that it's always changing. Yeah. It's hard to go deep with people. You have to learn to go deep quickly. And because you're often live like at the Y, you're living with them. That can happen more quickly because they're there. It's like a dormitory setting, you know, in college, you, you tend to get to know people well because you're living and eating with them and going to class with them. And so it, it, it can speed that up. Um, but I've also noticed it seen that we have uh, in this county higher rates of mental illness um, than most places, higher rates of suicide, um, substance abuse, things like that, because um, they're seeing, and this is my own, you know, per, you know, perception of this, but it seems like a lot of people come here for the beauty of the mountains and the recreation and everything, but they are dealing with a lot. Yeah. Like they're trying to escape something by coming here. Um, and of course they bring it with them and that can have some very negative effects as well. And it, it, it impacted me for a while. Like I didn't have the support network I need. And that was a huge issue for a while. Um, caused, and I had some stuff going on in my own life, you know, just with family and things like that. And, you know, it was, it was hard. I went through a pretty, um, pretty deep struggle there for a couple of years uh, before I got, you know, got into some counseling, got some help with that. But it really opened my eyes to the difficulty of being in a liminal space. Yeah. You know, like there's very little interest in Christianity, I should say. There's definitely an interest in faith in God and spirituality, but just not Christianity. Yeah. There's so much negative um, perception of the Christian faith in this part of the country, at least up here. Um, so, um, so yeah, so I, I'd find myself in interesting faith conversations with people of all walks of life, which I absolutely love, you know, that part of it. Um, but for me personally, it's been a, it's been a challenge at times just with the context that I'm in. Yeah. I mean, it, it sounds it. And I know, you know, I've, I've worked with people who've had transit type context, but yours more than anyone. I mean, we were, I remember having conversations um, over a couple of years and where you, you had a new group almost like every, you know, 
four or five months, you know, just mm-hmm. a new group in and out. And you had a couple repeats or you had maybe some staff members that were there, but for the most part, it was a new group every time. And so, uh, and I love the fact that I remember, I don't even know if you would remember this, but I remember having a conversation years ago uh, about the very thing that you just said, where people were coming uh, to the Rockies to to escape something and to find something, to lean into the beauty of the mountains. And I love that, you know, you were there to greet them uh, as an extension of God's God's beauty and God's creation that um, they may not understand the Christianity thing or even want to get that, but knowing that they could encounter God and God encounter his kingdom, his reign and his rule uh, through nature. And so, yeah, that's something that I've always just loved about your story uh, and love that, you know, even now, as you kind of think, what's your next, what's your next season? You're, you're, you're thinking about moving from the Rockies to the Appalachian mountains. And so tell us a little bit, what, what is God prompting in you? Uh, what do you feel like God is saying what's next uh, for your life and mission? Well, and you know, I attempted to make this move a few years back and there's some things that happened that kind of prevented that. But um, for me, part of it's just health. The Rocky Mountains at this altitude and even just Colorado in general has been difficult on me physically with a couple of health issues I have. They're just not compatible with the altitude. Um, but I, I noticed I took a took few trips down to that part of the world, loved it, seemed to really connect with the people well. And I love being outdoors, but because of the health issues, uh, the asthma and stuff here at this altitude, I'm very restricted in, in spending time. And that is the, the most um, beneficial way to connect with people up here is doing outdoor activities. And I don't ski, I don't like skiing. And that's what you do in the winter, yeah. you know? And so I just, so it's been a learning experience too of, huh, it's good to choose a missional context where you can enjoy all the things that the people there enjoy so that you have an avenue of connecting with them. Sure. And I've still connected with a lot of people, especially at the school, being in the school now and stuff. But um, like recreationally, that's what this community is about. And being limited and being able to do that the way I want to has made it harder to build those relationships. Um, and you know, God doesn't need me to do that. He's, I've seen him moving other people up here who absolutely thrive in it and are, you know, are going to carry that work on, you know, and I had a very specific calling that I don't share with people because it involves, you know, other people that I don't want that information public, but, um, there were some uh, very specific things God called me to when he called me here. And I always thought it was kind of crazy, um, what he said until he brought it to fulfillment over this last year. And I, I don't know how to explain it, except I just kind of feel released to move on nice. now. Like, like what I was called to do here um, is kind of complete for my part and he's moving me on. And so that <clears throat> the Appalachian region kept coming up in various ways. And so I looked into it and um, there's a great need for teachers there. Yeah. Um, the cost of living, which has been a real struggle for me here. I'm working so many jobs to just pay rent that it makes, again, makes it hard to be on mission and yeah. building relationships. Um, but yeah, like I, affordable cost of living, uh, lots of teaching jobs available and um, a, a need for people to come in and help. Like there's a lot of poverty. There's initiatives to, you know, build up uh, to, to economic development there to, you know, improve their educational systems and stuff. But, um, you know, like there's, there's a need, there's unfilled positions and there's work to be done. And one thing I learned up here is to, I need to be in a 
I need to be in a um, equal relationship with the people I'm serving. Mm. Um, I don't like I, you know, like I was raised and this is kind of the evangelical mindset that we go and we do things for people. And that's great. But what I learned here is I need to be someplace where I can allow them to do things for me sure. because then I have a true neighbor and friend relationship and it's not just a project or a ministry or that kind of thing. And so learning to do that here, learning to let people, cause I'm a pretty self-sufficient, pretty independent person, but letting people give back. Right. Um, and so I, I wanted to find a context where I thought it could, that would happen. Yes. So that it was an equal relationship. And um, that I feel like that'll, I feel like that draws the relationship closer when they know that you're not just helping them all the time, that you're, you're truly just a friend that you, you benefit from that relationship as well. Libby, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Uh, I love your story. I love that this next chapter, I'm excited. I'm excited for you. You're moving to one of my favorite regions. My best buddy lives in the Knoxville area. So I know you're, so I'll get to see you more often because I'm out there uh, at least, at least uh, once a year or every other year. But um, I know you've always had a heart for microchurch, missional community, and always wanted to launch, you know, something like that and get something like that started. So that's my prayer for you. Uh, I know I was talking with a church planning friend uh, uh, recently and the most underreached uh, uh, demographic in the entire United States is that rural Appalachian area, Kentucky, Tennessee, uh, Virginia, uh, North Carolina, kind of that region, that's the most un reached area uh fewer the least amount of church plants go in there so i love that you know how to do this you know how to be a missionary so that's my prayer for you that god would bless that and as you meet and connect with people so thank you libby i appreciate it all right thanks terry <laughs> <laughs>